Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Bill's story on page 12, the fourth paragraph. It was only a matter of being willing, just that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Team Thursday, thank you so much for your service, Devorah S., Martha Z., Abby S., Kelly I., Betty N., Newcomer Greeter Karen W., and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, June 29, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting is 19,116. That's 19116. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 19,121. That's 19121. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kelly I to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Kelly. Good morning. This is Kelly I in Indiana, compulsive overeater, reading the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be service in the month of June. Have a great day and I pass. Thank you so much, Kelly. I Okay, I will now ask for Betty N. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Betty. Good morning. This is Betty N., compulsive overeater in Florida. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public conversation. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve in the month of June. I pass. Thank you so much, Betty N. So how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on Bill's story on page 12, the fourth paragraph, and I'm going to ask Devorah F. to get us started. Please step up to the mic, Devorah. 
Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Devola S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friends. Would I have it? Of course I would. Now, this this is an amazing paragraph. I love this. Um, It follows the question above where where Eddie says to him, well, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And, um, and, you know, what what I get from this is, I love the clear directions, but all I needed was was find something that's greater than myself. Nothing else is more required. And you know, thank you, God. I grew up. I grew up with a God in my life, um, but I didn't know how to um, build a relationship with God. I didn't know how to make that God part of myself. I didn't know how to use this God to help me. Um, because all roads turned to food. Whenever there was a complication, whenever something wasn't going right, whenever I was restless, irritable, discontent, it always went to the food. And that's how I just got my help. Um, and, you know, coming into this program and learning that instead of turning to the food, I need to turn to a God, to a power greater than myself. I like the light bulb went on and it like, hello. You know, that statement hit me hard. That was something that I could I could do. I have a God in my life already. I didn't have to come up with anything. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. So little by little, I started, you know, you know, forming a relationship with my higher power, whom I call God. And first and foremost was putting down that food. I wasn't able to use that food as a crutch anymore and, 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 and to help me get better, to help me feel better or whatever was going on. And I remember long ago, I, in my first, maybe it was a couple of weeks in, in you know, getting accidents and, 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 and working this program the best as I can. Um, I remember I was doing a household chore. I was vacuuming. I was vacuuming, vacuuming. And my vacuum cleaner broke down and it wasn't working. And I was so frustrated. The first thing I did was I ran out of the room. And I opened up the pantry and I said, what is it here that's going to, like, fill me up? How is this going to, how am I going to get through this? And then, I don't know, a thought came into my head, you know, like, here I am in no way. But something came into my head and it said, okay, please, God, I turn to you, help me. Like, I don't want to eat. <laughs> I just want to, I, I, I just want to get through this path. Help me, give me the strength to get through this path. And, um, and I just prayed. And I don't know what brought me back, but I, I, I went, I turned on that container again. And it worked. So I started continuing my job, and <laughs> I was finished in that household tour. But today, what is my purpose today? You know, thank you, God, my, my program has evolved, and I'm, you know, each, each that, that's the purpose of my program is each day to get closer to my higher power and to teach as well. You know, it's been 20 some odd years that I'm in this program, and every day I have to work it like a newcomer. Every day I have to reconnect and to find my higher power. And to wake up and say, okay, God, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? I'm turning to you. Let me not be blind to what your will is for me today. And every day that I do that, it just brings me a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity. I have another day 
to grow and to get closer and to be with you guys. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deborah, for getting us started. All righty. So um, before we take down any names, just a friendly reminder that if you've shared on either Tuesday or Wednesday, although we value your experience, strength, and hope very much, we also ask that you let room for others to share or leave room for others to share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read? Nancy P. Tina S. Wanda Larry. R. Dan S. Karen K. Wanda R. Did you get Melissa C? Wanda Melissa C. Jen. Abby. Abby. Is that Abby S? Yes? Yes, that's it. Okay, got it. So I've got Nancy P., Tina S., Larry K., Karen K., Wanda R., Melissa C., Abby S. Who am I missing? Charles H. Charles. Okie dokie. Anyone else? All right. Super lineup here. Nancy P. S. I'm sorry. Sorry. Who is that? Suze S. from New Jersey. Suze S. Okay. All righty. Let's. You're welcome. Okay, Nancy P., Tina S., Larry K., Karen K., Wanda R., Melissa C., Abby S., Charles H., Suze F. All righty. Go ahead, Nancy. Grab the mic. Hi, good morning. This is Nancy P., recovered in Western Massachusetts. I read this a million, many times, a million times, and I tried to choose my own conception. I, I did. I tried. But um, my efforts were lazy and stingy when I did try, <clears throat> excuse me, I was inconsistent about trying and how I tried, and I was not sincere. I was completely insincere, and it was not exactly a recipe for success. And um, the book says that we get a relationship with power when we make a sincere effort, when we earnestly seek. And I did neither of these things. I was more of a, you know, neatly evaded or entirely ignored kind of chick. And the italics might as well say to me, all you have to do is go to college, get an undergraduate degree, go to get an advanced degree, go to graduate school, get an advanced degree, write a bunch of peer-reviewed papers, and win the Nobel Prize. Easy peasy. I mean, it was like a, a, a desert that I had to cross or a mountain that I had to climb. And there's a, a reason the mental twist is more dangerous than the allergy of the body. <laughs> my brain was like the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz, and it, it, it wasn't begging for oil. My brain was clogged and crusted and jammed and rusted with a lifetime's worth of fear and pain and rage. And I had been defeated a long time before I knew it, and longer still before I recognized it. And then when I did recognize it, the foundation that I used just brought me, brought me back to the same place that hadn't worked in the first place. I could not get to a place where I could choose my own conception. <clears throat> you know, to quote um, the great Janis Joplin, it was only when I was busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train, feeling near as faded as my jeans, <laughs> that I um, got to the place that led me to where I am. And the answer starts with S and rhymes with surrender, 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 surrender. 
And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Devorah. Okay, Tina S., you are up. Please go ahead, followed by Larry K. Thanks so much, Amy. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, great paragraph. You know, today I really recognize this paragraph and I, and I take it to heart. You know, I came, when I first came into the rooms, you know, I was introduced to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and we read this stuff. I did not interpret any of it. You know, what I heard was I had to be willing to believe in God. That's what I heard. That's not what it says. You know, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I was raised in a religion and all this kind of stuff. And, and I believed there was a God, but I certainly didn't believe that God was working in my life. You know, and I didn't hear any of this. All it took was a, ma- a matter of being willing to believe. You know, and finally, after the shit was hitting the fan, you know, and I got to this place of desperation and, uh, and I had no other way out. You know, last house on the block was I willing to believe in a power greater than myself. You know, something, and all my sponsor said was, Tina, it doesn't matter what it is, just as long as it's not you. Just as long as it's not you. And I could grasp that, you know. And then I saw that this stuff was working in other people, you know. And I love that it says, upon the foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. I saw friends that were doing this deal one day at a time and were free, free of the obsession of the food, you know, living life instead of being consumed by food or, or the idea of it or anything that had to do with it. You know, would I have it? Of course I would. You know, finally. And all I did, you know, because I couldn't think, and I always say this because it's just the truth, because I couldn't think of anything better, was I just did what they suggested that I do. You know, and then something happened. You know, something happened. You know, I started to change. And then I was re- like, then I really started to cultivate a relationship with this power. And today, you know, one day at a time, not perfect, but one day at a time, you know, I am free. I live a life beyond my wildest dreams. I have a God in my life that does for me what I cannot do for myself. I do what I can. But I have a relationship that, again, when something's going on, I can turn to that power. And, you know, whether that's resolved or not, I can find some peace and serenity within myself. And I think that's what it's about, to live life on life's terms, to live life on God's terms, and to be free. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Tina. Tina S. from Florida. All righty. Larry Kay, you are up. Larry, are you there? I know you know to press star one to unmute, Larry. Oh, here I am. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. I can. Larry K. Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. You know, this is a critical paragraph for me. You know, so what this paragraph does is it shatters many of the misconceptions that I too, because it's telling us right here, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. And, and the emphasis for me is, is on the word nothing. It's important for me to note here because here's the myths that needed to be confronted. I needed to confront some myths here and I needed to be aware of them. And now while, while I, I have no problem with the word God, you know, notice it's not used here. It simply says a power. So the first myth for me is that somehow in step two, I have to believe in the God of my childhood as I interpreted it back then, right? And many of us interpreted it in a certain way that was handed to us. And, and that's not true. Myth number two is that not only do I need to believe in the God of my childhood, 
order to progress in the steps, I need to feel good about that God. <laughs> I need to feel really good, and that's nonsense. And myth number three for me is if I have any hesitancy about this power, if I have any doubt whatsoever about this power, that I cannot move on to step three. And none of that is true. None of it's true. And these misconceptions keep people from progressing with the work that life that will give you ultimate freedom. It's kind of like a, um, like, like a mindset warp. You know, how do I take action in the face of fear and uncertainty and doubt? And, you know, I think of how, how do you become a parent? Well, you become a parent by having a baby. How do I become an artist? I become an artist by making art. I don't become any of these things by preparing to take action through researching or getting all my ducks in a row or, or any of these things. The common action, even in the face of that uncertainty, even in the face of that hesitancy, you know, and so that's what's critical for me here is that I complicated it where complication wasn't necessary. Just, just being, am I open? Can you raise your hand? Am I open to a power greater than myself? That's more than sufficient to make a start. That's more than sufficient to progress through these steps. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Larry, from Chicago, Illinois. All righty. Karen K., you're up, followed by, followed by Wanda R. Please go ahead, Karen. Good morning. My name is Karen K., recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credit zone transfer. Um, I, this, I just love the big book. And for me, I just recently went through the steps again, and uh, my sponsor did not have me do this assignment. But when I work with people, um, you know, we do the one, two, three very quickly off the back. One, are, are you done? Are you powerless? Is your life unmanageable? Two, do you think there's somebody there that can help you? And three, are, are you going to let that person or that being or that power? So that's all nice and dandy. But what's important is I have them write down, and that's between them and their, their God. I make sure of it at the very beginning. Do they had, did they have a healthy relationship? Were they, were they happy with the God that, that they had? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. It's not for me to say. And they write down that perfect relationship. Some of them figure it out that it's God and some of them think it's a guy, whatever. So they write down all the attributes of this being. You know, it, 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 it does thinking. It does uh, love and, and, and it's uh, compassionate, uh, forgiving. Um, all the things that some people have and some people don't. But all the things that they put together in that assignment is that higher power outside themselves that's going to take them through the step. We do that from pretty much from the get-go because it's so important to have a loving and caring power that's going to walk me through and for them to walk them through. And I um, recently uh, got received an outreach call, and it was something to do with the nine steps. And what did I think? And it just came to me, you know, God works in weird ways, and I love that when he shows up that way. I go, God, self, sponsor. God, self, sponsor. I never want the responsibility of telling someone what they need to do. 
if I have uh, some experience, I can share that. But they need to have that two-way prayer going on, God, and that two-way prayer going to the person. And, yeah, they're going to be nuts in, in, in the beginning and detoxing and whatnot, but eventually they'll have that practice of two-way prayer. Now, yeah, I'm going beyond step, step two here, and that's just who I am. But it's very important to have that loving relationship that's going to speak to me and for the next right action. So with sponsor, I don't want the, the job of God. I don't want the job of someone else. I'm just a guide to help someone have the experience with a power greater than, than themselves. And with that, I will pass, and everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen K. from Syracuse, New York. Wanda R., followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Wanda. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody has a beautiful day. It's so nice here, blue skies. And I'll tell you, you know, God is so good and gives so much to people and that, you know, I used to take it for granted. I used to take, you know, uh, love for granted, you know, offered willingly, freely uh, from God and, you know, flaunted my ego, uh, you know, and felt that, you know, I knew everything. And, you know, I I am so grateful uh, that, you know, God showed me, you know, not to uh, to do that, you know, to take it uh, a day at a time uh, to, uh, you know, accept responsibility, you know, accept life on life's terms, uh, to grow up, show up, and uh, toe up, you know, and... Uh, you know, we can't take it with us, you know, and, uh, you know, I I know that uh, things always work out if I trust God. So, what, uh, I, I'll be taking care of Wanda, Wanda, we lost you. Wanda, are you there? Oh, got some technical difficulties. Sorry, Wanda. Hello, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? There you go, Wanda. You got about fifty seconds left. I'm. I just want to say, everybody, that uh, I love people. I love all of you. I'm apps going on 37 or 38 years and uh, you know every day is a good day above ground so thank you so much and uh, have a wonderful day thank you thank you Wanda thank you so much okay Melissa C you're up followed by Abby S go ahead Melissa Hi, good morning, Amy. Thanks thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, gosh, there's such beauty in reading things paragraph by paragraph because I can hear it um, in small sections and, like, especially this particular section, you know, because it's talking about a concept and a conception and how that 
can deepen and evolve. And so it's so good that we can actually do that in real time. Um, You know, and so for me, like, I can't, I love this paragraph, but I kind of have to, like, reference the other two for it to make sense to me. You know, one is like this choosing my own conception. And, um, you know, and that's just a starting point. That's just the beginning. And, And basically it's like, just choose a start, you know, start, Start where you're at. Um, it doesn't have to be a concept, but a conception of birth. And, you know, and then I think, like, what is, like, melt this icy intellectual mountain? You know, why? Because my intellect, it's not power. You know, it's not enough intellect. It's my mental defenses. And all my mental defenses always convinced me um, to eat. So they really weren't very effective. And I, you know... Like, I came, I think, like so many people to OA, um, I came really broken, and I was full. For me, I was full of grief and loss, and I was pissed at God for what I perceived as his uncaring. You know, and I used to say, God hates me, and I hate him right back. And that's an awful way to go through life, Um, and that's not a great starting spot, and yet, when I was offered this idea of forming my own conception, um, my mind went right to my intellect. And and I even, like, said, you know, you want me to use this mind that you just told me is broken to make up God. And, you know, and thank, thankfully, you know, there's God, right? Because what I heard in my head was, um, don't be so smart. Like, you want to get better or not. You don't know everything. And that's it. Growth for me could start right in that spot. It, it starts with the complete throwing up my hands. I don't know everything. Help me. And that's, you know, yeah, that's surrender. But I had this need to get well and this position of complete willingness just allows me to make a start. And you know, we're also told, and I'll just quickly finish that, um, the consciousness of God is going to come if you seek. And so this is an invitation to seek. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. from New York. Okay, Abby F. followed by Charles H. Go ahead, Abby. Abby, Hello, good morning. Oh, there you are. Hi, good morning. Yeah, thank you so much. This is Abby S. I'm recovered in Michigan. Thank you so much for all the shares and for the service today on the meeting. Um, what I'm thinking about is what I'm hearing is like God is the refuge in any situation. And recently I had um, an experience where I felt like I was like disconnected and just kind of like panicking about different decisions in my life and, you know, a a big event happening and um, just kind of feeling on like unsteady ground, but didn't really know it. And I was sharing honestly with people um, in a meeting and in on a phone call with people that I trust and love. And, you know, honesty makes everything possible. Um, it starts with honesty. And, and so I shared what was going on. And um, 
super helpful information. Like, you know, people asking me, um, is there something blocking you from God? And, you know, how, like asking, how's the relationship with God? And, and what about two-way prayer? And I just, I feel this overwhelming sense of love and contentment after doing two-way prayer and just knowing that like if anything is going to save me in this life it's going to be God and and before running around to my to-do list and um you know checking the boxes and finding the right answer so-called right answer in every situation to all the moral dilemmas um that how would I connect with God like how about I set my timer and I write and I ask God and I write what comes to me and how about I connect with God? And it's like when I do that, it's like the answers don't even matter what's right or wrong or, or what I need to do in this. Like they come, but the most important thing is my peace and serenity that comes with connection with God. So I'm grateful to be here today. Um, some days I feel like a newcomer and I'm grateful for friends that remind me that the most important thing is God. So um, with that, I'll pass and wishing everyone a great day. Thank you so much, Abby S. from Michigan. Okay, Charles H. followed by Suze S. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you, moderator. You already said my name, so I ain't going to waste my time saying that again. Um, so I want to drill down on a few things here. Power requires beginning growth foundation you know those so I, I i didn't come to this realization because i'm looking for admiration or to share on such a wonderful meeting so that i can be influenced i came here because i was tore up from the floor you know um yeah I, so <laughs> you know god is the resource i mean he's the source and the resource he keeps giving i ain't the plug that's why i'm here and, you know, we hear a lot of things, and, you know, yeah, you can take what you want, because we, let me, let me tell you, I said some stupid shit on this line. I have, and I learned from those things. But I did learn from a sister, I ain't going, I don't name drop, we don't do that, because everybody's important. But she said, and she said this last night, and this was so fire, the more I learn is the less I know. You think the second step is, oh, yeah, I done did that? No, it's every day. And, and, you know, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Charles, open that damn skull a little bit more. And, wow, like, that's so dope. Like, the second step is so fire. So what you want a food plan? So what you following that? Are you open? Are you more open, Charles? Charles, you're muted. I think we lost you. No, nah, I found me. I, I passed. I'm found. I ain't lost no more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great, Charles. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Suze S. from New Jersey. Then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Suze. Good morning. I just unmuted. This is Suze S. from New Jersey, gratefully recovering in this program. Um, since I was 16 years old, <clears throat> first of all, let me just say, I went to a certain religion schools for a good portion of my life, and, um, and that was fine, you know, and um, it was, I, in retrospect, it's good to have had a religion, 
um, so that I, I have some basis in things. But um, when I was 16 is when I started to overeat. And um, I did because uh, my parents are very strict and I wanted to date someone. I wanted to start dating and really date someone. And I wasn't allowed. And it just went from there. Now, there was a lot of alcoholism and if not overt violence, just everybody mistrusted and hated and resented and everything, everyone. So I'm 67 now. And for me to perpetuate that (laughs) is that whole paradigm of mistrust. Um, When I've, excuse the expression, prided myself, and there you go, on being spiritual, not just religious. Um, I let go of the religious part, I thought, a long time ago. And to me, um, since I was 16, I, I overate. And it was um, it was a way of rebelling. So it also helped me deal with feelings that I didn't want to feel. And being a teenager, that's the time. <laughs> but when you're 67, it's not so convenient anymore and not so healthy for me personally. So right now, my partner and I are going through a very hard time. We don't live together. Um, He's been very good to me. We've been together for two and a half years. And now he's doing all this stuff that he wants to do, all self-will. And practically, I suppose it makes a lot of sense, the things that he's doing. But it's really got me in a quandary. All I kept saying last night to him was, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. And ever since then, I've been thinking, I have to leave this person. We have to separate. And this would be the time when I would eat. All this preamble here is this would be the time that I would eat. And I'm having a heck of a time turning this over to higher power, but I'm working on it. And this meeting has been a huge help. Um, If I can't turn it over, then sometimes I know in another 12-step program I've been in, I've said, if I don't work my program, sometimes my program works me. So my program is working me right now, listening to, listening to this, this telephone call. And um, just to remember that higher power is always there, whether I believe it or I see it or not. Higher power is always there. I have to bring me. Thank you. And with that, I'll close. Thank you so much. Blessing. All righty. She's S from New Jersey. So in case you all need to know we are on page 12 we are on the fourth paragraph i'm packing that one paragraph only easy to find it's in italics for the most part so if you've shared in the last couple days we ask that you allow others to share their experience strength and hope so who would like to share on the second round please go ahead jen f jen f vasa o Katie T. Katie T. Or P. Linda D. Barbara E. Linda D. So we're going to hold there. Barbara E. See what we've got here. It was Jen F. I think Vasa O. Katie T. Linda D. Barbara E. All right. Um, I think that's. We'll have time for everybody there. We'll see what we got at the end here. All right, Jen F. Please go ahead. 
Hi, this is Jen F., uh, recovered in Massachusetts, and I am grateful for um, being on this meeting and for a friend who's telling me how to <laughs> unmute on text. Um, I, oh my gosh, I just had to share, even though my child is already awake and sitting in my arms, about this, because that last sentence, of course I would, like, and not, uh, um, it reminds me a little of frothy emotional appeal, like when I would try to like, where there's a will, there's a way. But what they're asking is, like, will you have the sunshine, Jen? Like, will you step out of the icy intellectual mountain? Will you let go of being defensive and irritable and living a life of urgency and chaos? Like, all you got to do is let go of the granola bars and the mandate that I get things my way. Hold on one second, sweetie. Um, So, like... Of course I would. Of course I would. It also reminds me of like the longshoreman's attitude in the, later in the book. Like, do you think they'll get to the moon? Of course they will. I think they will. I want to have that spirit. And the only way for a girl like me to have that spirit of seeking God and God consciousness and loving presence is to step away from, you know, the way that I thought things should be, right? My icy intellectual mountain, you know, shivering in the shadows, laying on the couch, wondering why life is like this for me, right? To let that go, put that down, take the hand of someone in whom I saw that the problem had been solved and do what she did, take the steps. And you know what? My life is completely different. I do live in the sunshine with you know, with my kids, it's different. I was just talking to a friend this morning that, like, the echoes of this work for generations to come, not to get, like, way out there, but, like, this is changing my life. It's changing my children's life to have a mom that plays, to have someone who's of service in their life and not insisting on, you know, not just eating um, and zoning out on the couch, but really being available and being a mom, the mom that God wants me to be, it fills my heart. So would I have it? Would I live in the sunshine? Of course I will. Of course I will. And I, you know, I start every day. Like it says, start there. Like that, the foundation each day is like, will I take God's hand and be led? Of course I will. Thanks. Thank you so much, Jen F. Okay. Jen F and company from Massachusetts. All right, Vasa O, followed by Katie T. Go ahead, Vasa. Good morning. Can I be heard? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Amy G., for your service. I'm Vasa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive over you to call in from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I could not help not getting sharing this morning. This is my favorite paragraph of all of them because that's where I was when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And, uh, yes, I have been in addiction from 15 to 41 years old and not even knowing it was addiction. I just did not know much about eating disorders or addictions. I thought I just loved to eat, and I've been trying to put the food down for that many years off and on. And I had enough pain and suffering over my lifetime and I, there's still pain and suffering, but I don't have to use the food to, you know, for the comfort. So I was ready and I was willing and open-minded to believe in a power greater than myself. I, I didn't want to die. 
you know, and I didn't want to be sick, um, you know, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And at that time, I came just for the physical part. I didn't know anything about the emotional, spiritual part. And uh, at that time, you know, I had a three-year-old child. He needed to be raised, and I had two older children. There was like 10 years between uh, the second and the third. And I loved being I loved being home and taking care of my children, but I also was in my kitchen experimenting and dieting and, oh, my goodness, all the things I tried that it did not work. So every, so every, when I came to the program, I had to put everything aside that, aside that I knew about myself, about God, about people, places, and things. And, you know, I didn't want to die. So that was my motive, you know, and I was willing and ready to surrender to a power greater than myself. And as I, as I said, I didn't want to die. It was the best thing I had ever done in my lifetime. And, yes, I wanted the recovery. And, yes, I threw myself into the program. And I was introduced, introduced to the big book. And I'm so grateful that I found the, about the disease, about the allergy, about everything that I did not know. So this is my treatment for many, many, many years, and I love coming here and sharing my experience of strength and hope and hearing other people. There's just, there's just, I, I'm just so grateful that I was where I was then to where I am today. That's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Okay, Vasa from Massachusetts, Foxborough, Massachusetts. All right, Katie P., you're up, followed by Linda D. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, uh, fellows. This is uh, Katie T. in Greendale, South Carolina, and I am a compulsive overeater, well proven. So I belong here. Um, I, the first thing I want to do, this is un- disorganized because I really didn't intend to share this morning, but I wanted to repeat something I heard yesterday that just struck me to the core. Uh, someone said, instead of choose your own conception of God, pick a maybe. That was so beautiful. It was so simple. Um, anyway, it struck me, and so I wanted to repeat it. I don't even remember who said it, so that maybe more people could hear it. Um, you know, I've been really satisfied with my concept of God that was presented to me in, in a religious book and other people on an intellectual level, that it's never really fully moved into that personal relationship that I hear other people describing. And, um, you know, for me, God is, is love and power, uh, and that's the God I want that relationship with. But, um, you know, when, when people say, you know, choose a power greater than yourself and just, you know, it's, um, it's more than you. It has power. Well, you know, power can be an evil power. You know, if I look for evil in my life, kind of like uh, Bill said, um, suspected God was the devil incarnate. Um, if you look for evil, you'll find evidence of evil. If you look for good, if you look for love and seek the power that has um, love, you will find the God that I believe Bill's talking about in this program. And I also, as I was listening this morning, thought to myself, what if God is like water? Water flows, it takes the shape of whatever it flows into. It takes the shape of a bathtub, the shape of a sink, the shape of a glass. And God maybe can flow into each of our individual vessels 
and take the shape that we need, each one of us, still remaining the same God, but presenting in a different way to me, confirming uh, God's, God's existence in a different way to me than to you? What if God is like water? And that just, God will come to me in a way maybe different than God comes to you. And I'm, I'm seeking that God, the water love God. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Katie T. from Greenville, South Carolina. All right, Linda D. followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everyone. This is Linda D. in Connecticut, and I'm recovered, not cured. Uh, that's why I'm here, to learn and to grow. And I don't want to do that alone. It's way too scary. Um, and why is it scary? Because life is scary. It always scared me. Not so much now, and that's because by doing what is has been said, by just giving up because I'm crushed, crushed to the bone, and doing the steps in really in terror because... Where I am when I started, where I am was so bad, anything else had to be better. And so I just jumped in and I did the best I could like everyone does. And darned if I, I didn't know everything. I didn't know much. I didn't know I didn't know much, but I didn't. And by doing this work, I got to find God, an atheist. I was an atheist, a smart ass. Uh-uh, doesn't work. Intellect doesn't work. It's great as far as it goes. It's another skill. This is a new skill. Um, I never heard the expression until today, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that works. I'm sure it does because I do it in my head. Um, talking to God, hoping it's there. That's where I started. And, um, and listening talking and listening, and then taking any confusion, talking it over a 10-step with someone else to make sure I'm hearing the right thing because my intellect can come in there and screw it up. It's worked. It's worked for a long, long time. Can you imagine that? I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. But it's real. He, she, it, it's real, really, really, dramatically real. And in everyday life, are, are there things that come up that are incredible shit? Yes, there are. And what do I have to do? First thing, stop panicking. How am I going to do that? Sit, pause, wait till I hear an answer. Wait, the hardest thing this addict has to do, wait. The answer will come. The answer will come. That's amazing to me. That there's something, truly something greater than myself that actually knows what to do and will tell me what a fantastic way to live. Is it always hard? No. 
Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. from Connecticut. Okay, Barbara E., take us out. You get three minutes. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. I'm so grateful for this program. I like the what I heard said by so many people. The idea of praying and pausing and waiting till acceptance or spirit enters my, myself again. And if I do the things that higher power plans for me, then I can relax and know that if I sit still and listen, I might do the next right thing. I might accept that I'll go off course sometimes, but my pilot, my new higher power, will course correct and lead the plane safely because a spiritual life sounds much better to me than the one that I was living in. I was filled with despair, dishonesty, disobedience, distractedness and fear. I was fearful of being vulnerable, fearful of your disapproval of anyone's disapproval. I was impatient, inconsiderate, indifferent, and filled with instability. And those were just a few of the defects or defaults, as I like to call them, that I came in when I came in in this program two decades two decades today, but with of my help of, with the help of my sponsor and you, all of my sponsees and my sponsors and the meetings. And I have to say I've never been to a meeting where I haven't taken home a nugget of gold to think about and treasure and try and understand. Today I find the courage to do the right thing to be disciplined, to have a healthy detachment, to eat sensibly, to have a healthy self-esteem, and to stay on my side of the street, to quit the debating society, to to say to someone, hmm, what you said is interesting, but have you ever considered this? And if they haven't, I just say, okay, and to accept tolerance and trusting my higher power. And my higher power takes many forms, like I heard before. Water flows in different directions. The wind blows in different directions. So today I value myself as one of God's children. And God doesn't make junk, and we're not junk. So today I'm vulnerable and willing to ask for help. I don't know. I don't understand. Can you help me, please? And I would never do that before. I heard a dog barking. I don't know that was if that was my gentle reminder. But I know a real alcoholic, a yes, real compulsive eater. It was a real mm-hmm. compulsive eater like me never regains control. And without gaining control, I need that higher power. Thank you, beautiful people on this meeting. I pass, I pass to that barking dog. Hey, Barbara, thank you so much. That's Barbara E. from New Jersey. 
All righty. What an awesome meeting. And I'd like to thank everyone who shared, especially Team Thursday, who gave so much of themselves in service for the month. Um, please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, June 30th, 2022, is 19,123. That's 19123. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read a vision for you? Go ahead, Martha. Good morning. Hi, Amy. Thanks for your loving service. Good morning, my friends in recovery. I'm Martha Z., compulsive overeater, living in recovery, recovered for today by the grace of God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God, Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.